0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, July 13th. It's a hazy shade of summer out there for Moab skies. Webcams stationed from Canyonlands National Park to the LaSalle National Forest captured smoke impacts over the past few days. According to an EPA spokesperson, much of the Mountain West is experiencing smoke from widespread fire activity in places like Arizona, Idaho, and Oregon. As larger wildfire events happen more frequently, impacted air quality in the West is expected more often.
1: 2020 was ridiculous in terms of air quality as it relates to wildfires and 2021 is off to a concerningly rapid start.
0: Kai Wilmot is a PhD student at the University of Utah's Atmospheric Sciences Department. He recently published a study that looked at nearly 20 years of extreme air quality events to see if they correlated with summer wildfires. Turns out they did Wilnut study showed air quality impacts especially concentrated in the Pacific Northwest through the Rockies.
1: And so basically what we're seeing is that um, in the month of August the Pacific Northwest and Northern California are marked by a particularly strong trends towards degraded air quality uh, while at the same time British Columbia, uh, the Pacific Northwest, and Northern California show increasing trends in wildfire emissions of aerosols. Um, and then With kind of particular relevance to Utah, it seems like there's definitely trends towards degraded air quality both in August and September, and we find those to be statistically significant. But
0: while air quality in Utah is getting worse because of wildfire events, Wilmot adds it's not degrading as fast as the Pacific Northwest. He says part of that finding could just be due to fewer air quality monitoring stations in Utah. The closest permanent air quality monitor to Moab is in another state over 100 miles away in Grand Junction, Colorado. However, there are several low-cost monitors stationed throughout the Moab Valley. Wilmot says these lower-quality sensors are good for a quick snapshot of what could be happening in the local skies.
1: You know, it's not as scientifically rigorous as other monitors for sure, but it can be a decent indicator, I guess, for thumbs up, thumbs down, where are we at generally.
0: It might not be a surprise to many that where there's more wildfire, there will likely be more smoke and impacts to air quality. Wilmot says their research identified a few wildfire emissions hotspots. These are areas impacting air quality on a regional scale, like British Columbia, the Pacific Northwest, and Northern California.
1: I feel like the biggest takeaway from this research is it just points to how much of a regional issue wildfires are in terms of air quality. Like Air quality can be degraded in Utah as a result of wildfires elsewhere. Um, You know, it's not just a, a Utah problem, not just a California problem, not just a Washington problem. I mean, it's not even just a U.S. problem. We see that British Columbia is contributing substantially as well. So it's really a regional scale issue.
0: Wilmot and the University of Utah are currently working on another study that aims to track smoke from wildfire, where it's originating from and heading to. Current air quality information and local webcams will be linked to the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. As snow melts across the Mountain West, a duo called the Musical Mountaineers is heading into the hills to play music in some unexpected places. KHOL's Emily Cohen has the story about performances that almost no one gets to see in person, but which thousands of people are discovering online.
2: Mountain peaks, frozen lakes, and tulip fields are just some of the places that violinist Anastasia Allison and pianist Rose Freeman have taken their instruments. The duo, known as the Musical Mountaineers, regularly treks miles into the wilderness to perform at Sunrise, unannounced and often to no audience. But finding them in the wilderness is a bit like finding Sasquatch.
3: We are pretty cognizant of leave-no-trace ethics. We've never wanted the Musical Mountaineers to become sort of a show. You know, there's nobody up there when we're there. And so we're used to, there's no applause, there's no noise. And if we announced a concert, I think it would lose some of the specialness of that or maybe the purity of why we're doing it. It does feel like this musical offering of sorts to the universe around us.
2: That commitment to flying under the radar might be surprising given that the pair met on social media and have since gained thousands of followers through YouTube and Instagram videos of their performances but they say they're not doing the concerts for their online following. Allison, a former park ranger, was working as a railroad police officer when she says she heard a voice in her head telling her to play violin on the summit of a mountain.
3: I had always wanted to do these adventurous things and sort of just always found myself moving through life on autopilot. I've been a violinist since I was four. I've always loved playing music outside, but I didn't really know how to make that happen.
2: Then she met Freeman, the pianist, in 2017, and they decide to go on a sunrise hike in the North Cascades, near where they both live. They packed the usual supplies for any truck in the wilderness. First aid kit, extra clothes, snacks. Except sticking out of their backpacks were also a violin and a 76-key keyboard. Freeman remembers that the first piece they played together was A Shogun Farewell by Jay Unger. It's a beautiful
3: folk tune that has some expressive melodies with some combined harmony chords in the piano, some non-diatonic chords that really are reflective. They bring you into the present moment as a musician and as a listener in a way that nothing else I've experienced in life can do, or very few things in life that I've experienced can do.
2: The YouTube video of that first performance shows them dressed in ball gowns, standing barefoot on a granite
3: slab. When you are up there at the start of a new day, it's like you're seeing the secret that, like, you get to see this, this beautiful, like, sunrise, and you get to be a part of it, not just... Like watching it from inside your home, like you feel like you're contributing to the unfolding of like this incredibly beautiful, colorful miracle that's happening in front of you. So I think that there's this sort of reverence of doing it at sunrise or sunset. That's
2: like- now, four years later, the musical Mountaineers have gained attention from Outside Magazine, the Sierra Club and the National Park Service. But still only a handful of people have actually seen them perform in the wilderness.
3: Each person who finds us, I believe that for some reason, like we were kind of meant to find each other at that moment. And it's been interesting that we've kept in touch with either through social media or email, like a lot of the people who have found us in, in the wild because there have been so few of them. <laughs> Most people spot us like on the trail on the hike down because Rose's piano is sticking out of her backpack like seven feet tall. And so it's hard to not notice us.
2: (laughs) Beyond carrying heavy instruments and often trekking miles in darkness, performing in such remote destinations presents other challenges as well.
3: We've played in some pretty high winds. <laughs> like winds that are so high that I can't even keep my bow on the string.
2: Allison says that they've learned to be flexible and how to improvise their performances, something that is often anathema to their backgrounds in classical music.
3: We might go in with one idea of what we want to play and then maybe that song doesn't feel quite right there.
2: So as you head into the wilderness this summer, keep your ears open for a beautiful melody. Whether it's birds chirping, leaves rustling in the wind, or just maybe, if you're lucky, the musical mountaineers. I'm Emily Cohen for listener-supported KHOL Jackson. This piece
0: comes from our partners at KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, July 13th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you
2: listen to podcasts.